0: the digital key or whatever it is so that you can also use the recording software. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do even smaller setups where you get a field recording device, the one Keith and I had and get them for about $150, 200 dollars You
1: mean that little thing you put
0: on the floor that time was at the gallery? Mm-hmm. That choice dope. Yeah, those are used professionally all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're different levels of quality or like kind of sophistication depending on what your needs are and you can also record live from the soundboard into those they have a quarter inch input output and they yep. have an xlr input output yep so they're good for field recording like if we need to talk mm-hmm. and you can attach another mic to it and it records in multiple tracks or you can just have it open air and get everything and you then can dump it into your suite and do the editing later yep that's kind of, that's that's the ideal
1: setup that i'm already like that came to my head when I initially was like, y'all want to do this kind of thing and I want to use different shit than what I'm currently using. <laughs> like, I don't want to look around a big old microphone, you know, because the environment's not going to always cater to that, you know what I mean? It could be this slim opportunity, I happen to be in this side of town, hey, oh, I haven't seen you in a minute, oh, I wanted to meet you, yada, yada, you got 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah. Um, but, well, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Right, so this is going to be fun. Start. Yeah. Alright, so, um, good to see you, bro. Um, Probably when you get closer, because you, you talk low like a wise person and shit. <laughs> You're not in show mode. <coughs> Alright, so, uh, good to see you, man. You know what I'm saying? You want to state your name real quick? What's up? My name is Christopher Carr. Or, or yeah, Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, so, you know what I'm saying, um, me and you got like a, you know, got a bit of a history together, you know what I'm saying. I met you through Taekwon Sounds, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. He was like, yo, bro, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, yo, it's happening in Brooklyn right now, you need to come out there. You know what I'm saying, he come out there meet my boy, you know what I'm saying, met you. Mm-hmm. And then we sat down, kind of first time ever chilling, kind of just recorded the album. On the spot. Sure, sure, <laughs> like <sure>. by accident. <laughs> uh, and and the first time I started performing through you invited me out to like a law party, you know what I'm saying? You're like, yo, we'd be having some cool chill get togethers and all of that gathering I should come to perform. And then that's when I kinda started to see the circuits of awesomeness that's been going on out here and a lot of it kinda uh coordinated by you and and everything else to behold behind, you know, what you've been doing and all that shit. So Wanted to shout that out real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Know what I mean? Glad you you. participated. Yeah, it worked, bro. You know, learn a lot from you and stuff, too. You know, a whole lot. So, so, um, one question. I think we've even had this conversation before. Uh, So, what was your first exposure to, like, some kind of art? Well, first off, before we even go there, uh, let's talk about what you currently do. Okay. And what, you, what your mission is, or even if you want to talk about
0: why you do what you do. Okay, I think why is a really good question to start with. Um, like I said before, my name is Christopher Carr. Most people call me Chris. Um, and I make a lot of stuff. I do a lot um, and try to stay busy and occupied. That may come out in the form of live music. Mm-hmm. I like performing. I like writing rap. So I like emceeing. I love the kind of intellectual challenge of trying to express yourself in a rhyming pattern form right, right. while music's playing. Right. <laughs> um, it's like a physical challenge and a mental challenge. Right. Um, I've been rapping since high school, and I've been out of high school for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I take photos from my job, it's partially how I pay rent, um, and the types of photos I take can range from marketing materials for small independent apparel designers or it could be promotion material for an independent musician, painter, artist. Sometimes I shoot people's artwork so that they can try to resell it or get it in the magazines or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do a lot of portraiture, a lot of pictures of people. Mm, I've shot concerts that range from um, Dillinger Escape Plan to Snoop, Nas, I probably met up until maybe like four or five years ago, just about every major rapper that was uh, getting pushed through the industry system. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that ranges from like Method Man. Prodigy. To, oh yeah, Prodigy. <laughs> I mean, we we opened up for like Beat Nuts, you know, like I've, I have friends who do music, you know, like we went to college, my, my roommate in college, co-producer Killer Mike. And so when Killer Mike got signed, he was in the same studio we were using, and mm. so I met him back in 2001 or so. The mm. um, pill that the other dude from Atlanta, yeah, was yeah. the one of Killer Mike's proteges, I met him when that kid was like 17 or 16 mm. or something crazy. Uh, so when he put out that song "Ham," like I was like, I, I saw him up <laughs> here at Hyrule Ballroom, and I'm like, "Son," he's like, "Yo," you, like basically, you're the weird dude who used to come to the studio, uh, but it, it was interesting and once i I moved to new york i started getting more interested in the fine art elements i met a lot of people who didn't make music but who are still really talented and did progressive things in terms of performance art or theater or just like crazy writing outside of your normal presentation modes um and so at this point i I have my hands in all the baskets like i take the photos Mm -hmm. i throw the events i still make music i still love rapping um got into music video making i want to do a short film uh, about, you know, basically a philosophical film about uh, destination and purpose. Um,
1: oh, that's not that
0: interesting. And I work with young people occasionally. I try <laughs> to keep it adult. But uh, we just did a mural project for Francis Perkins High School. And so the oh, unveiling well. for that was Tuesday. Oh shit! I've led a couple classes at that same school. When I moved to New York, I was teaching an after-school program, right. in photography. Right. Um And so, yeah, so at this point, I am... In the same way this description went, over the river, through the woods, and under the... Yeah, that's how my brain is, that's how my life has been. I didn't go to school for art, um, but it's what I definitely do now, so... What what did you go to school for? Uh, I went to Morehouse for undergrad and majored in sociology and minored in psych and religion. And my um, interests and my thesis dealt with capitalism as an economic form, and I did comparative sociological history... Um, and I had an interest in economic sociology as well. right. Um, in terms of psychology, I was really interested in why we as humans are motivated to do what we do. Yeah. how does how are we affected by society, How are we affected by the other people around us? Yeah. I am not much of a, um, a strict physiological, person or like biochemistry person I fully believe there's something that works inside of us that we do not understand and religion doesn't explain it for me. So mm-hmm. I wanted to still explore like all right well, what did the doctors say? What did the counselors mm-hmm. say? What did the you know I heard what the religious people said. I started college like as a bio major so I kind of understood mm-hmm. some of the science behind it. but uh, I wanted to explore like how society and people affect each other. And for grad school I uh, went to Columbia, which is what brought me to New York the first time. Um, for medieval studies, and basically I I wanted to get into the time period prior to capitalism, like what birthed capitalism, and everything Mm. you read about is, uh, well, feudalism, and so I want to understand this feudal time period, and the idea of property rights developing, the idea of nation-states being segmented and forming nations with armies, and having like a wealth of nations, and getting into world economy. And which then leads into these questions of capitalism, communism, socialism, and how you manage resources and how you manage the distribution of resources, how you manage how many people are now alive at the same time in the same areas. And um, I was able to take a liberal studies program, so I took courses in philosophy, history, literature, economics, um, art history, a a lot of different things, and my thesis... uh, dealt with the ideological construction of orthodoxy and heresy mm. during uh, the medieval time periods, <laughs> focusing mostly on the relationship between the Catholic Church and the Franciscan order in the, I think around the 15th, 16th century mm. um, in Italy. And it was great, so I got to get into discussions of like, what's orthodox, what's heretical, is it tradition, is it... Mm. You're violating the pope. Is it this is for the community or for the people? Is it no? The religious people just like persecuting people and thinking they're witches and drowning them. Right. You know. So uh in a way, it related. Like I, I've always been interested in us as people, as as like being living beings and the other living things around us. Like how do we all work? So when I was young, I was really into animals and like I wanted to you know maybe I don't know do something with that. And then right, at a certain right. point, it was like nah. Right. Nah, I'm more into bridges and like you know tanks, mm. and then it's like maybe I'd be engineer, and it's like no, <laughs> um, and so after after a nice little windy road, mm. I found myself in whatever I'm doing now.
1: <laughs> can you uh, can you identify that that first
0: step into the artistic direction, even by accident? Yeah, I was I. Got my ass beat for drawing and painting on the walls over and over again. The word. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, you know, you're three years old or four or something. And so, I mean, there's probably stuff before that, but right. it's really hard for humans to recall prior to three years old. I don't know why. Something about our brain developing or something. Right, right. But, like, right. try to remember when you were two. Mm-hmm. It's going be tough. Yeah, word. Um, But, it's... <laughs> so, you got to I mean, have words for it. Yeah. And then, if you don't know to that- like so how are you well, conceptualizing words. anything to memorize it? <laughs> so it happened. It's in your brain, but you don't know what was happening. Right, right. You never interpreted it. Yeah. Um, so probably the, the earlier things would have been stuff like that. Like just expressing some creative drive or like taking like little characters or pieces of sticks and you imagine them to be like super warriors and you slam them together and they're like having some intergalactic battle with lightning yeah. rays shooting out of them. Yeah, it worked. You know, I figured stuff like that's great. Like every kid, like, yeah. you know, uh, but I was... Bad at a lot of the arts. I did not, I'm serious. Like I tried to draw, and people were like, "Oh, you're so good for a six-year-old." I stayed at a six-year-old level till now. Like even now, I draw like a six-year-old. So it was well, like I've never seen you draw. I love to see that. Show. Yeah, it's bad. Now you don't know. so cut your head. It's, it's diminishing returns. So at six, it was like, "Wow, you want to take art classes?" By seven, it was like you should put you in tennis because that you know. And I tried painting. I, I you know, and my mom put me in. A lot of activities. Like, I didn't grow up with both parents in the home. My mom worked a lot. And she did not believe in the whole latchkey thing or, like, let the kids stay around the crib and just chill. Right, right, right. It was like, you have to do something. Mm-hmm. And so, I got put in a violin at one point. I was doing cello at another oh, point. Um, another point, I tried to play drums. Again, I wasn't good at any of these things. Right. But I learned some of the principles behind yeah. it. And it's, like, kind of affected me. That's why it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, I would say those things, like, pretty early. So...
1: Alright, so So those were some of the foundational things You know, as far as opening your mind to these things Just looking at how your brain was Moving creatively, you know, in that sense Uh, So As far as doing something You know, that was repetitive Or structured or more conscious uh, You know, especially Related to what you're doing now, like photography When did you first When were you first like, nah dogs, Photography is my joint You know, or like rap what was that like? Did you have like a crew? She was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Talk to me about about that. <laughs> yeah, cause you definitely had a crew. I saw the t-shirts.
0: Well, first of all, like in DC, we, we don't have Keith is associated with that. I think. Well, well, so all right, it's a long story, man. This is why it's like kind of difficult to explain. I started <laughs> rapping, uh, kind of. I was writing by myself but I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I, like, in D.C., people didn't rap on every corner. It wasn't in the 80s, people break dancing on the, like, cardboard on the concrete. It's like, nah, we went to Go-Go's. Like, we didn't like New York people. There's a whole... No, I'm serious. There's a whole thing. I know, I know. You can talk to the bougie black people, the Howard, who will tell you there's a whole New York, D.C. thing, and you can talk yeah. to the hood people who were selling drugs. I out like there. I know. And in the 80s, it was serious. Like, sure, there were people, but... Nah, there was a problem. Like D.C. was not cool in the 80s and New Yorkers were trying to come in and take over. People at home did not like it. There was a problem. right? Right. So <coughs> the acceptance of New York culture wasn't the same. And a lot of people in D.C. are from the south. And so the funk music and the disco stayed a little bit longer. And so mm-hmm. like the go-go took over, the live element. And so I was going to go-go's and no one rapped in D.C. like that. <laughs> And there were three people I knew, this dude, uh, J-Ben, this other dude, Jay Cooper, who I grew up with, and M-Chat. And they came over, they're freestyling, and I was like, yo, I mean, I'm gonna write my little raps, like, let, let me try something. And uh, I started rapping with them, and they really encouraged it, man, and would and make me freestyle, we'd do the topics, you know, tell oh, stories. Um, and it was it was a good foundation, because all of them were creative, like, I think at this point, j an actor, Uh, during the time period, Jay Cooper was on Teen Summit. And so they weren't afraid to try different stuff. They didn't feel the need to act like they were tougher than they were, you know. But we were also only listening to like Busta Rhymes and Boot Camp Click and like Nas and Mob Deep. And so it still had, you know, I gotta wear my camouflage. Right, right, right. You know, that that age of hip hop. And then I moved to Atlanta uh, for college. And within the first month like I ran into my home homeboy Nick um, who ended up producing Killer Mike I ran into this dude Quam Scott at uh, Underground Live which was an uh, open mic that was put together on campus mm-hmm. and I, I was just inspired mm-hmm. like it went from no one raps and like I kind of want to do it and there are a couple people I can work with right. to like yo like there. Are like, ciphers, 20 people on campus, you know, and who were ill, like, like, this dude Rashman, who still rhymes, like, who's out in California, like, there are people that I met in 97 who I put up against just about every person I know. I right, holla at me. And I'll tell you right now, Rashman will burn you, all right? I'll, I'll tell you that right now. You
1: know what? I'm going to give you the That's My Friend card. That's cool. So, oh, right. That's cool. That's cool. i give That's you cute. that. <laughs> hey, I hope he hears this, too.
0: That was the dude when he rapped. Shout, Shout out to Rashman. What's his name? Rashman. Shout out to Rashman. Him, this other dude, Boots, Uh, who, who? man, this dude was so sick. It was in a group called uh, Unsigned. And... There were a couple people I met like during that period, and where it really pushed the lyricism. It really pushed more than like the vibe and the be cool part, or like the get your you know f- find like your image thing. It was like have something to say, right? Like right. actually have a perspective that's unique because right. there are all these other people around you contributing. So right. what's your contribution? Right, right. You, you know, don't be like them, but be yourself. Right, right, right. Um, and I mean, there was a huge crew called the Icon. Uh, I mean like this was also when people were getting signed, so a lot of people were trying to rap. Like mm-hmm. this is the late nineties, like rap was cool. Like right. like you walk down the street and people are freestyling on the corner.
1: Right, 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 know?
0: right, right. And so I mean that pushed me. I started recording by about like probably ninety nine, two thousand. And uh we did like a demo or something like that or I don't know. And uh kept recording finished school, or, you know, got close to finishing, and was like, alright, I'm gonna move to New York for grad school, let's let's make a EP, or make a demo or something, and my homie was like, nah, make an album, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, Aaron yeah. and I, we did it, uh, the group was called Project Lumens, mm-hmm. and uh, it was, like, all original music, super dope, some of the beats were contributed by cassette tape before my man Elias went back to Ethiopia, mm-hmm. like, all this other stuff, um, one of the guys who who we worked with now, was the engineer at that studio, and then was like, yo, I'm gonna help y'all, like, we'll get studio time off the late night, like, we were booking from three in the morning till eight in the morning or ten in the morning when it was empty, mm. so like, Aaron would work doubles at a restaurant, get to the studio at eleven or twelve, and we'd rap till six or seven, mm. and then get kicked out, you know, um, <laughs> that's lit, no, it was, it was crazy, <laughs> man, the type of music you come up with in that type of right. environment, it's like, it was wild, I would never make an album like that again. You know? um, I don't think
1: I've ever heard that shit.
0: I haven't, I'll, I'll oh, give you a copy. I gotta hear that A word. Um, <laughs> and so, then I moved to New York, kept making music with Aaron, he moved up here about a year after I did, like maybe a little bit less than a year after, like six months after I did. Mm-hmm. Um, kept doing music up here, uh, left my grad school program after I, I completed all the courses and started working on the thesis and like realized I, I want to make art and music, and I'm doing well in this grad program at a pretty good school. And mm-hmm. the people in it love it as much as I love music. Well, right. What if I put my effort into the music? I'd probably be like okay at it. Right, like right, if right. I can do okay at something I don't like, right? I, but I may be more naturally talented at. Then I may be okay doing something I love, but may not necessarily be so. Predisposed. Right, right. You know, like I'm not one of those people that after rapping for two years, people are like, damn, you sound like you've been rapping 10 years. Like, right, you know, right, right, right. We're rapping 20 years. <laughs> and I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Right, you know? right, right. But I'll rap circles around mad people. What, right. what was this
1: thing that you said people would say you'd, uh, you had naturally good at? It was something you was doing back then that was different?
0: It, depending on what you believe, I'm naturally inclined to do well in school. Oh, oh. Like, yeah, not, I believe that. I believe that. The way you be dropping
1: fucking scientific terms in your raps and t- dates and uh it's more so the things that they- time themes and all that medieval <laughs> rulers and shit i'm like who the hell was that and it's like there's one like two nerds in the background that's still in school like yeah
0: i love my shows but i did this one and at the end of it this dude came out to me he was like yo you said gollum you said uh and he went through like my three or four comic book references and he was like i'll fuck with you and it walked away and I was like, there you know.
1: <laughs> you one time, you remember that show we did uh, in the, at the beach? Yeah. Um, you rock were rapping. Music. This guy, he was dead man slobbing. You had him hype. <laughs> like this. like, yo, this was dumb funny.
0: But, so I don't know. So after I left the school program and went back to D.C., I got a job. Um, saved up a little bit. Went overseas. Took the music we made over to Denmark. Um, ended up rapping over there. Um, came back. Started, I got a home studio, had my own place, was living out in the middle of nowhere, couldn't do music, moved into D.C., got a house, and I just turned it into the, like, yo, you want to record, come to the crib. You want to do music, come to the crib. Right. right. The crib. right. Um, and through that, ran into these cats, Grey Matter and Ty, Tyrone. And we started a group, Rosetta Stone, Grey Matter got married, and so it became kind of just me and Tyrone in the group. Mm-hmm. And in the first, I don't know, man, like, year of us doing something did, like, over 100 shows. Got an album recorded that still hasn't come out, even though we did it <laughs> in, like, 2007. <coughs> it's coming out. I would like to hear it, though. That shit's fire. I would like to hear um, that And uh, started, like, just doing shows. Like, we, we from D.C. out to Texas. Like, we went out South by Southwest. Went out to Cali. Went from, like, L.A. up to Oakland. Um, doing shows with other homies on the label. The label was called Fuck A Record Company. Mm. Um, and it was run by a couple of <laughs> guys that went to Princeton, we did a show at Princeton with them. Mm. Um, I just started, you know, trying to galvanize the DC scene, like it's different than what I'm doing up here. It was mostly hip hop. We did work with some rock bands. My roommate at the time, Patrick was in a group called Caverns and they did instrumental punk. And so that's how I got put on like Dillinger Escape Plan because one of the guitarists knew the f- dudes from that group. Um, And it it just opened up my mind to the live music scene in a different way. Right. Uh, But we couldn't really access it. Like It was like the venues that did a lot of the rock and punk were the same places that let you do the hip-hop shows. But they wouldn't do them at the same time.
1: Mm. This night's for rock. This night's for
0: hip-hop. But it was all indie, so it confused me. Right, right, right. And so we started doing house shows where we could do all of it in the same place. We did these things called Crash Your Mansion and uh, rented a coach bus, brought people up to New York before I moved up here when Aaron was living across the street, or he still is. Um, and just, you know, kind of the same thing, like book shows, meet artists, try to conceptualize how to better our our professional field, you know, how to make right. things more efficient and right. easier for us as artists uh, to actually get what we want out of it, whatever the success is right. going to be, whether right. it's the money, the outreach, for some people, fame, recognition, for some people, occupying their mind, doing something they love, you know. We wanted to help. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was cool, everything was going well, and I was in a long distance relationship with someone I had met when I lived in New York during grad school. Well where is it uh, so you was in New York I was I was in, in DC at the time. Like I, in D.C.? I yeah, after I left grad school I moved to DC from two thousand four to about two thousand seven. She still lived in New York and we were like doing a long distance thing, I come visit, uh, yada yada yada. And it got more serious. At a certain point, she's like, yo, we need to live in the same place. I'm like, cool, look for jobs in DC. I look for shit in New York. Okay. And she's like, I am not looking in DC. <laughs> you, you are moving in New York. <laughs> yeah, what wrong I'm with like, you?
1: Fuck, I don't like New York. I already lived there and left.
0: Like, why would I move back? What are you talking I left on purpose. Like, I didn't get kicked out of school. Like, I left. Like, I don't like New York. You know, <laughs> I was doing just fine in school. Had a nice little apartment, you know. Right, right. What? (laughs) And she's like, "Do photography. You've been working on it in D.C. You know, you'll have a better chance up here. I work in P. uh, She's quoting her. Like I work in PR. I know some people. Cool. Uh, I found an after-school program to work for. Moved up here. um, And for the first like two or three months, I was literally in New York four days out of the week, D.C. out of like three, because I still had an apartment in D.C. But I was doing an after-school program up here. That's mad cool, isn't And so i drive up, stay in New York for four or five days, go back to D.C. Finally, I was like, I'm sick of this. Came up full-time, uh, quit the after-school program, and started trying to work as a photographer. And, and that's when I got put on the, like, doing gigs for allhiphop.com, um, The Source magazine, um, Rides magazine, Manhattan magazine, mm ton of like other websites, private companies. I shot stuff for like Hennessy, Pepsi, Puma. So shout out to Homegirl. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she wasn't that lying was when I got up like here. A- it, was, it was really dope because, again, it wasn't a situation where she was calling me like, yo, here's just a job and a check. But she worked in environments where if I went with her to events, right. I'd meet people. And when they're like, oh, what do you do? I'm a photographer. Right, right. At first, I was messing up, being like, "Well, I'm an artist. I do rap. I went to school for blah blah." blah. You can right. just see him, like, "I'm not listening, homie." <laughs> I was word. ready for a two-word answer, you know, <laughs> maybe four. And so I learned just to be like, "I'm a photographer." Right, right. I do this, and mm-hmm. you meet people who are like, "We need a photographer." Right. Everyone in their venue worked for some type of media outlet, right. so their magazine, their TV show, their movie might need still, their video production might need still shooters. Mm-hmm. Their executive team might need, you know, profile shots for this right. upcoming campaign. Right, right. Message. Yeah, you know, it's a, you, can, you can find ways, man. And through that, I started meeting really interesting people who made art and music. Right. Because I'm going to these events that are all kind of in industrial. Right, right. Art, music, fashion, like Fashion Week, shooting like you know, Brian Park when it was there, like Lincoln Center, right, or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, That's lit, bro. It was cool. Serena Williams fell in love with me. You're a liar. Of course she didn't fall in love with me. But we talked, I mean, I, I looked yeah, at her the, like, the, yeah. Like, when I was taking her photo, I was like, hey, let me love. Blah blah. You're going to fall in love with me. It didn't work, but I tried. I
1: tried. It's all about the thought to count. It's a thought. I, I didn't say anything. It's the effort. It's the stride towards greatness. And
0: that, that's what it's about. Um. And so at that point, uh, you know, I started realizing there was a really large community of talented people outside of rappers in New York. Like mm. when I was in DC, that mm. the, the, what was most accessible to me were, were rappers, right. and People that made like hip hop music, and right. that's dope because I'm a huge hip hop fan and right. fanatic. Right. right, I got up here, and you're like a friend with the hip hop great. <laughs> you yeah, I me, mean? you know what I'm saying? So that's and it, it just it, in a way it also like culturally aligns. There are certain principles of hip hop I just match with my personality, right? Um, but when I moved back to New York and start shooting these events. I didn't like the hip-hop I was shooting. Like, I, you know, I know people are going to get mad whatever, but I don't like the people on Interscope Records. Right, like, not right, personally. Some right, of them are super nice. Right, right. right. But the music, I don't want to hear it, you know. I go to these events for Jive Records or for whatever, and I'm sitting there like, man, this shit is lame. Right, right. And the dude who works for Jive is like, yeah, I know. The record industry is about to die. Jive. We don't know what to do. We are freaking out. I'm not bullshitting. 2008, 2009, they knew it, and they were like, we are going to lose our job. Right. What the fuck is going on? And That's how it felt. I'm glad that it wasn't just a feeling; like they yeah. already knew. <laughs> and so it also then deadened my interest in making rap music. Mm. I was basically living mm. with my girlfriend, going to lame ass rap shows right. where they're huge, like I'm Summer Jam, like in the right. VIP box, because right. right. her PR firm represented Heineken. Right. Heineken's right. one of the reps for Summer Jam. Right, right, right. You know, we What's go to right? what is that thing? Um, was it Rock the Bells? Yeah, and again, through her friend we end up backstage. I didn't have a ticket. She <laughs> wasn't even there. I still got in exactly. with one of her homegirls. Right, right. Method Man's manager walked us through the whole thing. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, things like that. So it was like, that's cool, but that's not me, man. That's right. not, I'm not going to be sharing the stage with Tony Ayo. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, you know, like really with what I, I do. It. That's yeah. not, it that doesn't make sense. Right. And so I kind of found myself like, wow, I'm doing this photo shit, that's cool, I started a blog, people are kind of recognizing that I go out to certain stuff, people know me who right. work in certain arenas, um, you know, just crazy things are kind of happening, like, oh shit, ran into Busta Rhymes, got a photo in the thing, in the bathroom, right. I had to pay to do $5, to take his picture, but I got it, that was my job tonight, <laughs> yeah, I, paid I got out. paid $150 to get Buster Rhymes' photo, so I paid him 5 to do it, <laughs> okay, I'm learning New York, you know, message get, yeah, get to the club. Your job, shoot Busta Rhymes. You get to the club, your name's not on the list. What? Blah, 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 blah. Other person comes out. Oh, yeah, he's with so-and-so. He can shoot red carpet. No, no, no. I have to get inside. No. I'm going to get inside. I get inside. See Buster Rhymes. Yo, I'm here. I have to take your picture. I'm with da, da, da. No. What do you mean no? Nah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. Don't you see what's happening here? Can't piss off Buster Rhymes. Dude got brolic real quick. Like he's kind of big. This is <laughs> right. by the time Buster got big. <laughs> right, right. And right. so I go in the bathroom and it's a unisex bathroom, the girls in their change. The you know? <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden he got diesel. And uh, the girls in the, the 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 bottle girls are getting their makeup done. It's a unisex bathroom. And I'm like, yeah, so what do y'all do? Alright, cool, blah blah. All of a sudden they're like, oh my god, Buster Rhymes are coming. He walked in, he's like, hey, what's up, ladies? Blah blah. blah. They are all hype. He goes into the bathroom. I'm like, all right, when he comes out, y'all gotta ask him for a photo. Nice. <laughs> All right, And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and they sitting there like cat ears and fishnet stockings on. So I'm like, he will say yes. He walks out. So he's like, let's take a photo. He's like, yep. I get the camera. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> give me $5. And I'm like, for what? He's like, I'm going to give it to the girls. You got to tip the talent. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Fair. $5. Cool. Buster Rhymes on my blog. And people are like, damn, you in New York doing the thing. And I was so not happy with the industry at the time. I was so not happy with the people I was around in Mm. terms of when I talk about my art and my music. Trying to explain an anti-corporate mentality to people whose lives are sustained by these corporations is a... Mm. Pointless endeavor. Right. It is. It's literally like you're just going to offend them. Right. You're going to sound crazy. Right. Or they're right. going to continue to say the same thing that every person who's on that side of it is going to say. There's nothing new to the conversation. Right. It's like, hey, the music you guys are putting out is whack. Yeah, we know, but it makes money. Yeah, but making money can't be the only thing that matters in life. I'm going to the beach next week. <laughs> Shut up. Can you pay your rent? Shut up. You know, it's, it's, it's simple. <clears throat> and so, uh, at that point, I started working, though, with some of the musicians in my neighborhood who were rock musicians. None mm. of them made hip-hop. I started yeah. doing an open mic at Potion Cafe. Because mm. um, I still wanted to do rap. I was still making beats. Me and Ty were still kind of doing some stuff back, you know, between New York and D.C. Um, but it was another transition period where it was like I wasn't making as much stuff. Right. And started working with folks around here. And, like, we couldn't make rap songs. Right. We didn't have places to record. I didn't right. have money for studio time. Right. I right. can't bring in a whole band to my home studio. Right. Right. And so I just started making live music. Like, just mm. the only point is to do it. It's right. gone as soon as it's over. Freestyle. Improv. Right. Like, right. Right. we don't know what the fuck we're going to do. Sure, play, this is some old door <laughs> shit. Play that. That's Pink Floyd. Play that. Can y'all play any hip-hop beats? No? Okay. Oh, you know how to play some blues? But man, 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 don't, 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 I don't want to rap to that. Well, that's all we know how to play. That's not this classic rock shit. Okay, play classic rock. I'll learn to rap to it. You know? And that kind of was the impetus for Brooklyn Wildlife developing in that it couldn't just be about rap. Mm. It couldn't just be about photography. It had to be like, what is something I can do where people get it that right. I'm into a lot of stuff. It's not like, hey, I'm Chris the rapper. Right, right, Hey, I'm Chris the photographer. Right, right, right. Hey, I make rap music, so I can't like other music. Right, right, You know, right. like how? And I don't do like rap, rap, rock. Like, yeah. no, I'm a, I'm a hip hop motherfucker. Right. <laughs> but I will rap to accordions. I will rap to tube and throat singers. I will rap to a, a cat and a didgeridoo and. Uh, person playing a washboard, and little, like, hand cymbals, you know, like... It's funny that you've probably done exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it opened me up to working with way different types of people, understanding mm. the musicology of, of how to make songs in a different way, song structures, uh, history of music, and I did that for maybe a couple years as I started finding other people that rap. And I reconnected with Keith, who I'd known since like 2001. I Mm -hmm. met him when I lived in in New York the first time. Uh, He moved back here from Florida and was living close in the neighborhood. And uh, at a certain point, we started working on music again. Me and my girlfriend broke up, and I had only a couple options, like get hella fucked up all the time, like you know, get drunk or whatever, try to party. Um, go out and have sex with as many new girls as possible because I've been in a committed relationship for a good amount of time Right. or work, like put my time and effort into the things that I wasn't able to do when I was tied up in a relationship mm. and so I just started scheduling photo shoots all the time like I don't care about the money, come over, let's shoot you know, like I started working with Keith on a new album mm. and put a lot of time and effort into that I started freestyling a lot and like working with those live bands And I'd rap about my like what was happening. I like cried on stage during that time period, you know. And motherfuckers knew me and my girlfriend, and were like, "Oh shit, that's (laughs) like, oh the homies. All right, wait, yo, all right, Chris, you need a hug, dog. Like, is everything all right?" It's like, no, not everything's all right. Your fucking life's falling apart. But at least I'm here tonight with y'all, you know. Like that's right, right. That's Um, the beauty of that and seeing your performances, man. And. And through that, then, when Keith and I finished our project, it was like, now we have to do something with it. Right. Let's do shows. And we got put on to some shitty shows. It was a pain in the ass, trying to contact venues as a rapper, or no management, and the way I rap. So we were like, yo, we got to make something that's like a, a, an umbrella right, for right. everything else. And we had played with it before, with this, like, I live in BK idea. We had played with some other things that are about the art scene in Brooklyn. And it just came about. I can't remember exactly how. But it was like Brooklyn Wildlife. Yeah. And, you know, I found a picture of some raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> and slapped that together as a little logo because, like, they're cute, but they're rabid and will fuck you up <laughs> you know but they're, they're just like cause trouble like right? you know a dog might knock over the trash can a raccoon spreads it out everywhere like they, cause they're discerning they're going through and picking out only what they want so I mean they, they, they're they cool in a certain way
1: or um, it, yeah
0: like this, uh, this uh, video thing that we're hitting
1: with homie for where you made a little video collage mm-hmm. it's like this, this raccoon going to the dog bowl while he eating and grab a handful of dog food and literally runs off on two feet yeah <laughs> yeah no they're hilarious
0: this is very mischievous <laughs> Um, and and the kind of multicolor patterning, like Keith's white and black. So it was like, right. you know. Um, like Coco Baca thing going on. You know, we, we, we try to keep it real. Um, right, right. And and so it was initially a way for us to go at venues and say, we'll do the whole party. Mm. Let us book the whole night. We'll bring in the DJs. We'll bring in the rappers. Mm-hmm. I knew rappers. Keith knew DJs. Mm. And we kept getting shit on Like the venues would give us bullshit ass times or nights, we'd get double booked, we'd show up in the bar, manager doesn't even know we're booked, not know how to run the equipment, no sound person, but we got to pay out of our door money for a sound person, but there's no sound guy there. Well, fuck y'all, you know. And so then we really sat down and thought about, like, all right, we need to bring the show. Right. Let's go to the the homies we know who are doing rock music and do it in these indie spots. And so we started doing it at Rock Bottom, at Next Level, shout out James Watson. Word. Um, The folks over there started doing them at Ivy House, started doing them backyards, like that Fourth of July party. Um, mm. My apartment got turned out <laughs> like i 'm not allowed to have a gathering of more than thirty people anymore because of <laughs> these things, you know, and we just took it to like not not the quoted or kind of the the euphemism of grassroots, but like no, our shit, like who owns something right or rent something and they 'll let us come in and do what we do and they right. support it right because there won 't be any money we 'll be lucky if we break even right right you know right, and we found people that did that, and through that started meeting more musicians. So that's when I met, around that time I met you is when we were Ooh. doing the rock bottom stuff. Right, and right. I remember that. So I still got the photo from that shit, yo. Yeah, you know, and that's when I met Chaz on and that whole, like, kind wow. of time period. Um, and Keith had a recording studio across the street by then, mm. so we were able to record new material, yeah. put together some mixtapes. And I was able to now book rap, rock and rap in the same place because these basement venues normally did rock music. Right, right, right. And right. they would let us do the hip-hop shit. But part of my thing was like y'all need to get on it too, mm-hmm. and so it may not have been every show was a mix, but it started the infiltration. It started the overlap of mm-hmm. maybe a rock show with two rappers, mm-hmm. a rap show with one or two rock bands. Right, at the right. End, you know, yeah, I remember like the first time I
1: saw certain things were like I think it was Lindsay's birthday party, yep. and they had a band for the, the, at the beginning of the performance. All the lights would be off, and all of a sudden their gear would light up, like shit that they was wearing, shit that was all, all over like the guitars and the drums and all of that shit. And then like the lights would just come on and they finished the performance. I'm like, for one, I've never seen a rock show in person. Two, yeah. that was dope. <laughs> like and I just showed up the rap. I thought that was it, you know?
0: Yeah, man. That shit was unbelievable to me. Like what what talent was right around them? Right, you right. Know, totally local. Like three train rides away. Word. Um and I thought that was that was valuable. I thought that we, we still need more outlets.
1: We still need more chances. What's looking for? My phone. Alright, you, you can go get it. Word though, man. That shit was lit. Oh, another thing I'm gonna ask you about too that we could probably start to wrap it up. Is uh I remember uh I'm gonna give you a moment to look for your phone.
0: Yeah, because I got people coming over to drop off artwork.
1: Yeah.